time for customers who click. In this week's episode, I'm talking to Rich Watson. He's the founder of Augmented Hype, a company on the mission to help companies uh, incorporate augmented reality into their ad creative. We're going to dive into the world of AR, um, explain the difference between VR and AR along the way, and get a better understanding of the value it can bring your ad performance. We all want to improve our conversion rates, right? So what are some of the best ways to get started with augmented reality and ad creatives? We'll be discussing some of them in today's show, so tune in to not miss out. To listen to any of the other 131 uh, previous episodes of the podcast, head over to Customers Who Click website. We'll also get access to over 50 actionable tips to help your business today. Uh, Okay, let's get started with welcoming Rich onto the show. Hi, Rich. Thanks for joining me. Would you mind just giving us a bit of your background and introduction to yourself and what you're up to today? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about augmented reality uh, advertising, immersive advertising in general. For me, I've been doing paid advertising for just over eight years now. And towards the end of last year, I started experimenting with augmented reality ads for Meta specifically. And I started to see some really good results. And I was thinking, right, well, you know, I sort of did this off my own back with a bit of research. And I've been a bit of a VR, AR nerd for a while. So I I guess I know more than the the average person. But I really wanted to create a service that basically helps people understand the value of augmented reality and how they, you know, can use it in their marketing. And mainly just like educate people on, you know, this technology, because we all know it's coming out. We all know, we've all seen examples of it, but I guess a lot of people don't fully understand how it can actually practically help them with their, you know, campaign objectives, their goals, their desires, things like that. So yeah, I'm, as I said, I'm a bit of a nerd and I love talking about it. So I'm I'm here to help anyone who's interested in, in delving into it a bit more. Awesome. Well, that's exactly what we're here for. So how do you get customers clicking with VR ads or AR ads? Sorry, we're focusing on AR, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So, so augmented reality ads have a really interactive nature to them. So they're basically an ad. You know, for anyone sort of listening who doesn't really understand augmented reality ads within Meta, they're ads that will appear on the the mobile feed. So it, it doesn't necessarily work on on desktops, but that's fine because we know like ninety nine percent of people on mobile anyway, and it appears like a normal ad but you'll have a a unique overlay. So what happens is straight from the off, there's something a bit different about the feed creative. So not only is the actual nature of the feed creative going to point towards what the AR experience is going to be, teach you how to use it, maybe give you a little hint or like use an influencer to sort of show you how to to use it. But it's also, it looks different. You know, it really grabs your attention because it has this unique overlay over it. So it can have one of three. One is a try on, one is senior space, and then one is tap to interact. So you can choose those three. Then once you tap it, it then opens up your camera in full on your, you know, your, your mobile device, and it uses the whole screen. So it's just immediately bringing people into the the ad. You know, it's not just something they're seeing and it's it's feeling a little bit, you know, away from them or that they're being sold to. They're essentially like immersed into the ad. So, so from that, it's you know, if as long as you're making the interaction, you know, engaging and, and getting people to, you know, giving really clear examples or make it very obvious what they're doing and engaging with you in this AR way, it's very easy to direct them towards a call to action. So whether it's learning more, whether it's, you know, buying now, whether it's booking, all sorts of things like that, you know, you can really pull people from the experience into learning more about your brand or delving into a bit more about the product if that's something that is uh, advertising and it's definitely something that 
increases engagement and, and gets people to even click away from the ad platform when you compare it to sort of non-AR ads. So yeah, for the actual in the ads feed, I think it's between seven and nine times more uh, engaging than non-AR equivalent ads. And this is actually coming from Snapchat census that they did 2021. And it's you know, really, really powerful. So it's definitely something that gets people not only like immersed in, but engaging with and clicking, you know, and going through to learn more about your business. Awesome. Just very quickly before we dive into AR a bit more, could you just give us, I guess, a bit of a introduction to AR, but also what the difference is between AR and VR? Yeah, I think that's that's an awesome question. So I think the best example for AR is Pokemon Go. Everybody knows Pokemon Go. It was a huge you know, phenomenon that everybody all around the world was able to engage in and go insane for and you know, even run to one part of the city and congregate in big groups looking for a certain Pokemon, all sorts of things like that. So that's a really good example of augmented reality. Essentially, what it is when you really break it down is it's overlaying your immediate surroundings through a device with a digital asset. Um, that digital asset can be one thing, you know, in this case, a Pokemon, but in other cases, it can be a whole surrounding. It can it's, it's essentially be a whole room. It can be animals. It can be uh, things that overlay you, you know, clothing, hairstyles, all sorts of stuff. So essentially, you're using your reality and augmenting it, you know, upgrading it with the augmented reality. And the difference between that and virtual reality is virtual reality is where you go into a virtual surrounding. You know, it's not overlaying something into yours. You're going into something that's, you know, completely fabricated, completely created. So if you can see a little bit of a difference between that. And then there's mixed reality, which is still pretty confusing to me because I, I fully don't understand how to explain it. But it's a mix between the both, both VR and AR, where you can essentially have that VR and then you can overlay digital assets in VR. So that's okay. that's the next stage. And also, you know, you have things like look through AR, where you know, this is the thing that Meta uh, bring out with a newest headset, where with the VR headset, you can actually see through it into your surroundings, and then you can use AR within your surroundings. So you'll see like animals running around, all sorts of things like that. So yeah, there's a couple of sort of main distinctions like that. But I think that's yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, generally speaking, AR is using your surroundings. And then and overlaying things, whereas VAR, sorry, VR is, I was going to say VAR, <laughs> football's on the mind. VR is is more about, yeah, you're, you're entering a, almost like a different world. Yes. That, whole, that whole experience is being built around you and it's for a specific purpose, whereas AR is using like the stuff around you. Cool. Yep. Okay. So let's get a bit more into how brands can benefit from introducing AR. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I guess the if you know people are first getting started and you know they're interested in this concept and they're interested in the technology, really the first thing I would say to you is how can you envisage the creative you're already using that's working? And this doesn't just have to be paid advertising. This could be organic advertising. It could be any way you're advertising necessarily. You can even do billboards and things like that. But really, what you're trying to do is see. What's the way you're connecting with the audience in the most powerful way? And then how can that be re-envisioned into an immersive experience? So examples that are really easy to understand are try-on experiences or VTOs, virtual try-ons, which is what most people know about augmented reality. So for example, if you're selling a pair of glasses, you know, what your creative would normally be is, you know, models or lifestyle shots of people wearing 
um, glasses, or maybe some UGC of someone talking about the glasses or something along the, you know, that sort of nature. That's really what people are used to seeing. With a virtual try-on, you can allow people to actually be the UGC live, essentially. Like they'll be able to try your glasses on before they buy them. And that really builds up a lot of trust between you and the customer because they're able to really see how that's actually going to look on them. And for example, with other things such as furniture or appliances or anything that they see in their space, if they can see it in their life, like, can this fit into my life? You know, can this look, does this look good on me? Can this fit into my life? All these sorts of things with virtual try and you're able to do that. And there's even examples of cosmetics and things like that. So we've worked with a couple of cosmetic brands and you couldn't even try them on in a store. You know, if you walked into a, you know, Debenhams or something and tried the MAC lipstick on, they'd kick you out. You know, you can't just walk in and start putting stuff on yeah. your face. But with Virtual Trying, you can. And not only that, you can probably try more than you normally would because you would try different shades and all sorts of things like this. So, yeah, that's one example of one type of AR that can be used like really well. And that's just a way of, you know, re-envisaging you know, what, you're, what you're already doing and how it can uh, be put into AR. Yeah, so I think that's one of the biggest well, biggest use cases for me is that try-on experience because that's one of the biggest parts of the online experience which is missing, right? If you go into a store, apart from like cosmetics and things, obviously, but fashion, jewellery, you can go into a store, you can try things on, you can see how it looks on you and make a decision on whether you actually like it. You can't do that online. You have, at the moment, the majority of the time, you have to purchase the product, try it on, decide whether you like it or not, whether it fits, and either keep it or send it back. Now, I know we've got, I actually interviewed the, the founder of TryNow. Is it called TryNow? I think it's TryNow. The other day. And that that is mm-hmm. a try before you buy sort of thing. So you, you get sent the product. If you keep it longer than seven days, I think, if you haven't initiated the return within seven days, you get charged for it. So at least in, in that situation, they're kind of bridging that gap by allowing people to try the product first. But this is another opportunity to say, well, you know, you don't even have to wait for it to be delivered. You don't have to worry about the fuss of sending it back. If it doesn't work for you, you can kind of try it on, get a good feel for it, and then order it. I actually remember a couple of years ago, I stumbled across this jewelry website, which they had a, there was a little experience. I think it was a watch in this particular one. There was an image on it if you scroll down the page. And it was a it's not exactly AR because it wasn't overlaying it on you, but it was trying to get towards that experience. You could mm. there was an arm arm on the screen, which I think you could rotate a bit so you could see different angles and things, but you could also change the skin tone of the arm. So they were trying to obviously allowing people to say, say well, how's this going to look on my skin tone? Mm. So I think it was it was really, really good. So that's that's almost like an MVP version, right? You te- test it out with something like that. If if people seem to respond positive positively to that, then you look at investing in in an AR solution for it. Yeah, hundred percent. And actually, that example you just gave, up until recently, it's been very difficult for any platform, and this includes where they are, to have rotational tracking of the wrist. And actually, the body is is still not one hundred percent there. It's getting much better, but that led to people having to create. Uh, AR where there's like a fake arm there like like what you're describing but this was an AR and I've seen some examples of this for like watch brands and the AR experience is a bit odd because you just you turn it on and suddenly this like fake arm just stuck to you and whenever you move around it's sort of there but the idea is for you to be able to yeah like the same sort of experience but actually recently I've seen 
I think it's Apple Watch. Like maybe, uh, don't quote me on this because it might be not, might not be them. But I think on their landing page, they actually now have a virtual try-on. But the the rotational tracking is still not 100%. But the way they got around it is they have it on the desk and you put your arm onto it and it encompasses your arm. And then you could just do it like that. You don't necessarily okay. have to like round or see like that. But, you yeah. know, there's, there is still limitations of it. And that's that's sort of the beauty in augmented reality and also something that's maybe holding, not holding it back, but, you know, it's, it's sort of developing. But it forces you to be creative. So if you you have an you know, an idea of oh cool that'd be really cool for AI to do this it doesn't necessarily do that like the capabilities aren't there but there's ways around it so like another example would be as I said like the rotational tracking of the body is still not great so when you put clothing on people it doesn't really look you know fitted and it doesn't and that's the whole idea of clothing right you want to see like really what it fits and, and sort of things like that so what we did was we created a virtual mannequin where you could put the mannequin in front of you and you could even choose the size of the mannequin, things like that. And then you would be able to try different outfits on. And the idea is just for you to be able to see, okay, this color and that color matches and things like that. So there's always, you know, sort of ways around it, but so it's sort of, almost, yes. Almost like like a character creation in a game. Yeah, right. right. Like making an one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's virtual trying this world effect and, and some of people have different names for it, like spatial AR, things like that. And that's where your back camera is seeing in your space. But there's also different other methods. And I've seen, so portal filters are, are perhaps my favorite. And what they essentially are is they're very close to being VR, but you're still experiencing it through your phone. Therefore, it still counts as AR. So basically, yeah, it sort of sounds a bit confusing, but what you're doing is you're creating this augmented reality doorway and you walk, you literally physically walk through it and then you go into a new space. So if you can imagine this is what brands can use. So there was a watch brand. I can't remember the name. It's like a European watch brand. And we're using the portal way. You step through the, you know, the, the actual watch design, like the actual frame of the watch. And then you go into their uh, AR experience. And the call to action for them was to basically go and learn a bit more about watch and how it's designed and things like that. So they're sort of leveraging, you know, the the metaverse idea and giving people a, a space for them for you to go in and you know experience their brand and really like get a unique impression of them and make it much more memorable. So that you know things like that are another really good example of something else you can do with AR. Yeah. No, I like that. I think you know there's there's only so much you can do on a website with some images and some text. Right. You, you know, you can you can annotate them a bit. You can you can add paragraphs of copy to explain the process behind something. But you know, even just video is is going to give you so much more information, much clearer. So be able to take it to the the AR level and and make it a bit interactive. I suppose you know, allow people to pick the bits they want to focus on to find out more information on. That's yeah. It, it's going to be it's going to be so much so much better for conversion because it's someone yeah, actually interacting with it, engaging with it. And that's going to kind of raise that intent level, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. And there's a study. So I'm quite good friends now with this doctor of augmented reality. So he's a professor at a couple of universities in the U S and he's done his own research on augmented reality for the consumer mind. And basically they found that there's a cognitive and behavioral, but essentially what you're doing is you're, it's making you interact with it in a certain way that it actually gets 
stored in your memory at a much higher rate. So his studies have shown that it's a 70% higher memory recall when compared to like a non-AR equivalent ad. And that basically means that people will remember you longer, obviously, but then when comparing you with other people, say if it's like a product and there's a very competitive space, they're going to remember you over someone else. Not only that, but they had a you know emotional response and engaging response using the ad or using the experience, which is going to help them make a better decision on their purchase. And those sorts of things can also lead to lower returns. So for example, like with a try-on example I gave earlier, because you're able to see, cool, this looks really good on me, you're not actually going to end up having buyer's remorse later on. Like, you know, with getting the product and, and, and trying it and making a better decision, it's actually helping people, you know, lower their return problem. And I know returns are like this $500 billion problem. It's actually shown to decrease returns by up to four, like well, between 25 and 40%. So, you know, that's a huge chunk of money coming out of people's pockets. And that's definitely something that people could use AR for, you know, how to maintain this product, how to best use it, make the manuals more interactive, all sorts of things like this. Yeah, I think interactive manuals does sound really fun. Well, fun in a really kind of mundane way, but yeah, being able to engage with an installation manual a bit more and, and, you know, if you're finding something a bit unclear, be able to just interact with it and, and I don't know, change the angles or, or just find out more information or something. On returns, yeah, obviously, with a lot of products out there, if you can look at it a bit more properly, a bit, bit more detail, get a feel, even like, I guess stuff like like furniture, I think IKEA is doing a lot in this space. Yeah. Um, being able to get a feel for how that's going to look in your room, that that's going to significantly increase the chance of, of you purchasing it because you can say, well, yes, this... You know, I've seen the picture. I like the look of it. Now I need to know whether it fits. Yes, according to this, it's going to fit in this space. So cool. You know, that that's going to work for me. It's just reminding me, actually, there was a... I took a flight once and I can't remember if it was through the booking agent or the actual airline, but they had a an, like an AR tool for scanning your luggage to see whether it was the right size or to see what sort of kind of what size category it fell into. And obviously then, you know, if you turn up at the airport and they say, no, that's too big, it's going to have to go in the hold, you're going to have to pay this fee, you can say, well, you know, I, I used your tool to do it, so that's 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 on you. But it's stuff like that, right? It's, it reduces anxiety in the customer because if, yeah, you're, you know, if, if your app, your augmented reality tool is telling them this is the right fit, this is the right size, yeah, it's it's, it's going to fit through your doorway you know do you know snug sofa i think I've, yeah i've heard of them definitely so their whole thing is it's a sofa in a box and uh, you know it's easy to get up an, a, a lift it's easy to get into your into your, your home because it's in a box so for stuff like that being able to say well you know with your phone use our ar ar tool to scan your entranceways and we can tell you whether mm-hmm. the box will fit through these gaps or the, yeah, that's or the furniture or whatever. So yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities there. I do have a note. So we've, we've talked a little bit about con- well, conversion and returns rate. I suppose AOV as well. Mm. Right? That, there, there must be some opportunities there. Yeah, definitely. And actually, I talk about case study. So we worked with a uh, children's UV protection uh, sunglasses brand. So they're actually a global brand, but we worked with the Australian you know, part of them. And... 
what they were doing before was working really, really well. So it's actually quite a hard thing to top, but essentially they had a load of really amazing like photo and video. The video would mainly show the robustness of the glasses because obviously it's for children. They're going to be throwing them around and bending them and things like that. So that worked really well. And the creative that they had was like, you know, this really cute baby with these sunglasses on. And it's like, well, and when they came to us, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really hard to be. So what are we going to do? But their main objections were that there were people having styling objections and maybe even some sizing ones and trying to understand how this is actually going to look on their child. Because, you know, the glasses are for children. They, they do look a bit funky and a bit cartoon-esque, but really what they wanted to do was have, well, first of all, have a way of creating some UGC because most of their stuff was very, you know, clean cut and professional. And they wanted an element of UGC because, you know, you know, as we know as marketers, we, you know, you really want to be able to test both because, you know, people respond to different crazy in a different way. But also they wanted a way of people to be able to try the stuff on so they can really see what it looks like. And they're not really, well, they are trying on themselves just for fun, but really what the purpose of it was, was for them to be able to try on their children. And whether it's back camera or front camera, there was basically unique experiences to be able to try this out. So what we did is we created a four-way AR experience where you could actually see four different pairs at once. And then once you, you know, like a certain one, you could tap on it and it would full screen it. Once you tap on it again, it goes back. And what they were getting before was they were getting people buying one or two pairs. So that was, you know, I think roughly $60 or something like that. And what the AR experience does, did, which is, you know, completely not really by accident, but it wasn't like our main intention was it actually increased the AOV because people were then seeing four pairs and how the four pairs looked and actually they were then adding three or four pairs to their cart so it increased their over average order value by I think it was about 52% or something like that and that increased their return on ad spend for their ads by 44% so that's a really good example of how people were able to make a better purchase decision based on the augmented reality experience yeah, so it's, it it sped up the process, the, the kind of discovery process. Instead of having to go to a bunch of different product pages and and have a look around, and uh, yeah, I, I suppose majority of people weren't even intending to buy more than one or two, but then just being able to in the same experience just quickly switch between them and go, yep, I like that, add it. Yep, I like that, add it. That's you know, it's going to increase that uh, that average order value, isn't it? And I think yeah. To- just related to sizing as well what I, what i've kind of seen before and what, what I've, I've spoken to people about is if you can in- reduce the anxiety around and the issues around sizing people spend more money because they're no longer spending money on multiple sizes so people might buy two dress sizes or two shoe sizes but if you can deal with that problem and convince them that they only have to buy the one that you're saying is right for them then quite often you can make them move the money from the second pair that they were going to buy into a- an actual additional pair of shoes or or item mm. of clothing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I have ex- personal experience of this because back in my media buying days, I worked with this handmade cotton uh, women's clothing brand and their stuff was very high ticket. So I, I don't remember the full price, but maybe you know between 100 and 200 per item. And people would do exactly what you said. They would order three. <laughs> just not really sure which size they wanted or just because I guess it it was meant to have a bit of a relaxed sort of fit. So maybe people didn't want it to be tight or something like that anyway, but they, they would end up getting, 
you know, two out of three items returned every time. And, you know, I don't think they'd really figured it out at that point because they were fairly new and we scaled them far too quickly. (laughs) They couldn't handle it. Um, uh, And then, yeah, it was like huge amount of returns for them. So I think something like this, you're right, like it could really help people make a much better decision and also like alleviate a lot of customer service effort that's that's needed at the back end to be able to get like you know a happy customer and, and retain them at the end of the day yeah and yeah i suppose you could use it for like style guides as well couldn't you so you know if, if someone's looking for a particular product they can find that product put it you know use the ar tool to to kind of wear it but then also you could have a call to action for like complete the style or something which then adds, you know, if they're, if they're trying a pair of trousers, it could then add, you know, a top, a couple of accessories or something and give them that that whole look to, to check out and say, yeah, actually, this all looks pretty cool. Add it all to basket. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely the future as well. Like for now, the things that would work really well. So if you were to do accessories or jewelry or things like that, they would be able to match really well. And I've seen an example. So it's actually a Vietnamese brand in based in saigon or ho chi minh city who did this they did a lipstick and sunglasses shading match and it had two separate carousels and by carousel i mean like within the air experience it had these you know these small circles you could basically swipe to the left or to the right and they would be above your head and below your head and the ones above your head would uh, swap the glasses out and the ones below your head would swap the lipstick out and you could match the style together and i thought that was absolutely genius because then what happened is the landing page you went to had the pairs. So it had this and this, and you can add that and you think, oh, that'd be cool. And that, and of course you've tried out multiple different styles. You're thinking, actually, let's just try them all out. They'll look pretty good. Boom, boom, boom. And then people were just like, you know, raising their cut. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's another really cool use for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty cool function. Actually. I really like that. I suppose a question I want to ask about this is what, what sort of cost is involved? Like how, is it difficult to actually get into AR or, you know, yeah. How, how do you, you know, if, if a brand listening just wanted to, to try out something like that, what's mm. one of the barriers? I think really the, the only barrier really is the capabilities and the concept that you have in mind. Cause really like, the most important thing is the customer journey. So yeah. whatever you're trying to achieve from it, whatever your objectives are, things like that. And it really, you know, honestly, this is it's going to be one of the sort of answers that you know, it's like how long's a bit of string, but it's really yeah. down to the complexity of AR that you have in mind. And I think, you know, the, the prices range all over the place. You know, this at the moment, there's not a lot of agencies that provide this service. So, you know, without throwing them under the bus, if you go to the Meta partners or Snapchat partners, there's not a lot of them, and they essentially have a monopoly on this. So they can pretty much charge what they want. But what I would urge you to do is I would urge you to look into it more and try and find concepts and things you like. Go to people with a concept in mind or at least your objective of what you're trying to achieve with it. And it makes the whole process so much simpler and it it makes it just so much more straightforward to come up with a concept that's going to fit your objective. And then, of course, that's going to make it much more, probably more cost effective because then you're not going to get this super extravagant, you know, VR type experience where you can run into a space and then there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on and you know the bells and whistles so 
yeah, I'd really like, as I said before, like try and re-envision like what creatives working and how that would look in immersive. And you know, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm always happy to you know share concepts with people and and sort of talk through strategies and so forth. But yeah, have a look into it and try and find examples that already exist within your industry or even within the audience you're sort of advertising to. And then it should give you a pretty clear sort of runway on, on how to get started. Yeah, I think it's obviously really important that you don't overdo it and and build out an entire world, like world experience. But I, I, I guess in a way, because of the current kind of setup and layout of it, it also stops people half-assing it because mm. that's that's where things go wrong. And we end up with people saying, oh, AL's rubbish, it doesn't work. And it's because they you know, didn't have a strategy, didn't really have that concept in place. They just whip something up with a with a, a tool, you know, a subscription tool, put it live yeah. and it just didn't really do anything. So yeah, yeah, I suppose at the moment we are probably are in that stage where any brands looking to do it, you know, do need proper support to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you can always go to someone on Fiverr and and go, hey, we've got a brand that does this. We'd love AR. And then you would just get something. But you know, the necess- the quality won't necessarily be there. You know, the asset quality, the the 3D creation modeling, you know, won't always necessarily be there or reflect your, your actual brand or even your products in a you know an accurate way. But even more than that, it's is it going to be some cool novelty that's just sits there and gathers dust or is it actually going to be something that can you know increase your average order value or lower your ad costs or you know these are all things taken into mind like what's the objective behind like what's the bottleneck you're facing at the moment and how can that like as i said earlier you know, with styling objections sort of things like that that's like one way we went aov that would be another way you go lowering returns this and this this so that's the thing to focus on like what's the bottleneck you're having at the moment and if there isn't a bottleneck then what's the thing that you're trying to portray and how can that be experienced in a more immersive way? So that's, you know, that's definitely how I get started in that sort of way. Yeah. I mean, it, it does sound like it, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunities at, you know, various points throughout the funnel, whether you're looking at that top of funnel education piece or the bottom funnel, like try it on, you know, do you like how it looks? Cool. Add it to your cart. Yeah. I can see a lot of, a lot of fun applications for this. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to add about AR? Yeah, I think so. There's something just really cool at the moment. I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions about what AR is, and I hope we sort of you know cleared a couple of them to make it a bit easier for people who are willing to delve into this. But I think one of the biggest ones is that people are waiting for AR glasses to become a bigger thing to be able to start looking into this which I definitely urge against. And the reason is, is because we already have these devices capable of, you know, producing amazing AR, like, you know, the new, the newest iPhone just came out and there was like an, even an AR display to show you like the capabilities of it. But something okay. that came out today, actually, or yesterday, is Disney Plus have released a movie with Brie Larson where you actually have an AR experience in the movie. And the okay. reason I'm really excited about this is it enables people to look at AR through their phone. So it's already starting to train people to, to do that. And yeah. they're using, you know, Disney Plus. So think about a, something that Disney Plus is using to get pe- people to engage with their movie more. That's something you can use to, you know, build a relationship with people, you know, within the news feed, on your website, post-purchase experience, things like that. So that's, I think that's something that's really good to highlight. 
because it's not about waiting for the next technology to come out to be able to do this. You have the op the option to do it right now. Yeah. And I think there are probably some opportunities, like even if you can't, if you're not in a position to to really get into AR yourself, there's probably some ways you could be thinking about how, how do we MVP it, right? How do we test mm. something out that is partway towards AR that will give us an indication whether we should go all the way? What One tool that comes to mind is Video Ask by Typeform, which is a it's an interactive oh, cool. video FAQ sort of thing. So you can start with an intro, you can introduce yourself and what you're going to help with. And then you display a list of questions on the side. And when people click on the question, it cuts to a video of you answering that question. So it's not quite AR, but it's still, it's, it's getting that engagement. It's trying to, you know, it's getting customers to engage with you on the website, on that page. You can test it out. You can see what information is important to people. And then you could look at, right, what's what's the AR experience you might want to build off that? Yeah, totally. I love that tool, by the way. I, I really, yeah. And I think- I've used it. What, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was, I was using it a lot for like building up surveys. I was doing surveys onto, you know, types of creative that work really well. And yeah, like finding out what, what people are using. This was actually around the, the release of iOS 14. I was just trying to do some research at the time. But yeah, something like an example for that. So if someone's like looking for a foot in the door, you know, immersive advertising experience, I would definitely recommend 3D for your website. And of course, this goes a lot with CRO because there's a lot of evidence to show that, you know, having 3D or and even AR products can lead to a much higher increase in conversion rate. Because again, like people are being able to access assess products in a in a better light. As long as the quality of 3D matches your product, obviously, you're not trying to trick people. And that can be fairly inexpensive. Like, you know, what you would probably pay for, you know, a really expensive product shoot or like, a no, not even an expensive product shoot, but like a normal sort of price product shoot, you could probably get a load of 3D assets and you don't have to have your product sent somewhere and you don't have to have, you know, a load of photos come back that you're not happy with. You know, you can constantly update and, and change the 3D around. So that would be, yeah, I think that's a really good foot in the door thing for people who are sort of interested in this, but don't want to go the the whole way with the AR experience. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We've touched on kind of top of funnel, bottom of funnel, conversion, AOV returns. Yeah. Anything anything else you want to mention? Yeah, I think everyone should get Polycam and then start 3D scanning everything. <laughs> this is so fun. There's, a, yeah, there's an app called Polycam. So if you have, I think it's just iPhone 12 and onwards and android as well i don't know what the android is capable of doing 3d scanning is but you know that again that's something you could potentially do on your own you can 3d scan things it's not obviously not as accurate as getting it modeled but you know just seeing something in 3d and being able to scan it and being able to just send that image across the world you know the speed of light it sort of shows you potential in what we're going to be seeing like when when the metaverse comes out i know it's do that in air quotes because it's just a concept yeah. at the moment. But I believe like the, that metaverse that we're thinking of, the VR related one, is going to be much long, much further away, and it's actually going to be something more augmented reality related, like a world of Pokemon Go, basically, where you'll have you know things down. You walk down the street, and then there's you're a vegan, so it's showing you where the nearest vegan restaurant is, and it's just reminding you someone's birthday, so it's saying telling you where 
I don't know, Thornton's is, you know, all sorts of things like that. And that's that's the sort of metaverse I'm imagining that's going to happen first. So, you know, things like this will just show you, like, get you in the right mode of, like, understanding that's sort of the way it's going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As you remember, my first experience with AR was an app called Blipper, which oh, yeah. I believe went out of business only a few years ago, I think. They, they lasted a little while. I can't really remember what the app did at all. I think you could scan some bits in newspapers and you'd get some sort of AR experience. But I think it was just, I think they were just way ahead of the times. You know, back then we we still weren't even using QR codes. <laughs> and it's, take, it's taken a, a global pandemic to convince people that QR codes are useful. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But I think... Uh, That's so funny. Yeah, they were, they were just a bit too early with the AR stuff. You could, yeah. It was quite cool, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, no longer about. Cool. Is there anyone in the kind of marketing space, D2C e-commerce marketing space that you'd want to sit down for lunch with? Oh, that's anyone a good from question. A, anyone from a particular brand, maybe? Oh, no. It's actually quite a difficult one, you know? A lot of people came through your mind. I, I, first of all, who came through your mind is Ezra Firestone. So he's someone I looked up to for a long time. I really like his ethos of marketing. It's, it's such as like, Give someone value and you can still make loads of money. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is the best ethos ever. It's like, you're, you're not just trying to be, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm here to help everybody. Of course, you're here to help everyone, but of course, you know, that in turn leads for you to uh, be able to make money and, you know, grow your business. But I think brands, I'm really amazed by, I can't remember, is it, is it, I might be, I'm going to be butchering his name. Is it Ben Francis from Gymshark? Is it Ben Francis? I might have just made his name up. That, but the guy behind Bell? Jim, yeah, behind Gymshark, like what he did yeah. in this time he did it and the age he was at is absolutely incredible. So I think it'd probably be him just, just getting to grips with his mind state and like fi- trying to figure out how he does what he does, <laughs> things like that, you know, that. It's absolutely amazing. Like things like that, so inspirational. If someone's able to build such a huge brand at such a so yeah, it's just been absolutely inspirational. Just you know, watching him grow what he's grown in, in the space of time he's done it, and you know the age he's done it in, and how also how he's maintained the brand and what with all the influences he's done. Yeah, pretty much everything he's done has been very inspirational for me for sure. Yeah, I think the it was influence marketing that pretty much built it, wasn't it? Obviously, then supported by other paid acquisition, but yeah. Getting getting all like as many influencers and PTs on board as they could, mm. you know, it's it's the perfect example of getting in front of your audience, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I think that the influencer thing was, I'd say it was big. It's still really big, but it's funny how that's something that now people are bringing to the table. Like when they're like bringing it to their clients, they're like, "Hey, this we can do this." Like all UGC or influencers. It's like you know, there's those things are really old. Right? <laughs> they're not like brand new things. But it is a really powerful way of making people feel like they're not being sold to. Although I would say like a lot of the, not necessarily UGC, but the influencer stuff obviously can be super selly because that's that's the idea behind it. But then you get UGC, which feels like an influencer sort of thing. So that's like, it feels like it's losing its sting a little bit when people do that. But yeah, that's a little caveat. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose in in that sort of industry, they can probably get away with almost not talking about the brand and just having people wearing the brand in their pictures and their videos because people will be asking on Instagram, 
and wherever oh like what brand is that top like where do you get that from or just or just you know what brand of of gym gear do you recommend so you kind of just by having it present you you build that conversation and that that avoids any kind of issue with you know are these just getting are these people just getting paid to advertise it Mm. yeah Um, final question have you got any marketing tools that you'd recommend to people I would definitely say one of the most important things, and this is nothing to do with augmented reality, but I've been using, I was using Triple Whale a lot for reporting. And not only that, it was just a really good, and I'm not affiliate for them, by the way, before it sounds like I am. It was just a really good way of being able to get the data you needed to explain the story behind the marketing you're doing and being able to produce a result they wanted in a very succinct way. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, it depends on someone's technical know-how, but I wouldn't necessarily just share the dashboard and talk through it. I think it's a little bit too overwhelming for some people. But for you to be able to pull out the information you need, I think it was an incredible tool. So yeah, I definitely recommend uh, that. I started working, well, I started using it like when they first brought it out in beta and then I've just seen it expand to the point where they have their own pixel and, and all these things now. So yeah, big big shout out to those guys. I think it was like the... the- yeah, tri- Triple Whale's definitely yeah, popped up on the podcast a few times. Mm. I speak to a lot of people who use it now. It seems to be, yeah, one of the most popular tools for for, for that. Awesome. Well, this has been, yeah, really interesting stuff. Really excited to see more from AR, hopefully in the near future. I, d- I don't think I've come across any ads yet. So hopefully something will start popping up soon. If anyone wants to reach out to you, find out more, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, well, check check us out at augmentedhype.com. And I'm always, you know, willing to have a chat with you. So Check me out on LinkedIn. Rich dash dash s dash Watson is me. Obviously, just search Rich Watson. If you see my face, then you know it's me. But yeah, like feel free to reach out and yeah, check check that uh, website out. It's got a couple of freebies on there you can download and learn a bit more if you're you know interested in sort of delving into this a bit more. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Rich. Cheers. Thank you. Well, I'm sure you all agree that was some interesting stuff. Uh, It seems that augmented reality isn't going to be something that advertisers can afford not to get into grips with. And hopefully this podcast has given you some good advice on how to get it working for you. With numbers like a decrease in returns of between 25 to 40% from AR ads and a 70% higher memory recall with an AR ad compared to a standard ad, it's hard not to get excited. Of course, we've also learned that it's important to not do a half-assed job when setting up your AR experience. It's important to be of a high enough quality so that a customer has a good experience and, of course, keeps clicking. For more info about Rich and the work he's doing in AR, you can find him on LinkedIn or head over to his website, www.augmentedhype.com. Any other podcast questions, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next week, I've got entrepreneurs Tim Swindle and Scott Brown on the show, uh, currently launching Paddle Smash, their latest venture. They'll be sharing some of their biggest challenges and lessons and how to market to different audiences. But until then, keep those customers clicking.